something and uh, research. So probably get some stuff pulled up, but I don't know. We weren't here last week, so I don't know. You're getting a podcast this week. Congratulations. I bet I bet everyone's very happy about that. And we even have Chris and Ray, which I believe are our two best. Anyone but yeah. Jim. As long as we have at least one English accent, then there's instant validity, you know, to the podcast. Otherwise, it's <laughs> speculative at best. And a beard. We got to have a beard, too. Now, see, now you have a balanced attack. Yeah, no. I don't really bring much. I don't bring an accent or a beard. You bring that giant head. <laughs> Thank God for wide-angle camera lenses. <laughs> All right, I'll be doing the podcast alone today, so... Uh... <laughs> oh, we live? Yeah, yeah. yeah he's oh, been... sorry. Sorry, pal. Oh, that's rude. Good morning. Is uh, is there pool stuff happening? Uh, there will be at some point in time, right? Spanish Open. What is that? That's starting like a couple weeks or something like that? Uh, tomorrow, <laughs> I believe. Yeah, same thing. Same thing. Wasn't that there Spanish a... Open? I'm telling you what, like uh, the the Matchroom Nine Ball Tour, uh, like it, the first year it kind of, I wouldn't say it flopped, but there was a lot of really weird things that were happening with some of the events. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, prize money that wasn't necessarily big enough to make any sort of difference, prize money that wasn't prize money. And this year, I mean, they have added some stupid events. I mean, there are huge events that are being added stupid. that are outside of Matchroom. Stupid, stupid good. Yeah, it's big ones. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, stupid good, we'll say. <laughs> stupid good, yeah, uh, stupid good. Yeah. Chris, why didn't you go to this one? Uh, it's my son's birthday this week, so um be doing that instead of instead of playing which is good why don't you just take him with you nice, nice uh, trip to spain for his birthday his attention span is worse than mine which is saying something so i don't think i could uh, keep him indoors for four days oh well give him an ipad kids like yeah. ipads yeah right i'm assuming you just uh didn't want to go cross seas uh, I would love to uh, go. I I think next year I'm probably going to start targeting some international events just to get that experience under my belt. This year, I think I, I plan to put all my vacation time towards uh, the U.S. ranking events. I just got back from California hard times. Um, uh, you know, so I'm going to go to the one in Des Moines, Iowa next month. Um, and then after that, it's kind of a crunch time that goes to the turning stone and then there's a tournament in New York that kind of came on last minute. It kind of bumped a Florida event off the calendar for whatever reason. It's kind of unfortunate because I was going to go to that one. It would have been a bigger prize fund as well, but uh, scheduling and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then there's Jason's in the U.S. Open. So I'm going to go probably <clears throat> to those events. I'm on the wait list for the uh, Turning Stone. Um, but, yeah. So. Yeah, why don't you talk about the Oscars event since you were there? Looked like a pretty pretty awesome event. Why don't you talk about it? What would you think? Oscars events was, was great. You know, Hard Times is probably one of the few pool rooms in the country that could legitimately have a 150-player tournament, and you don't feel the pressure of that uh, schedule-wise because they have 33 tables uh, set up throughout, wow. the, throughout the pool room. So, you know, that, that puts them in a position where they don't need to cap fields, really. And uh, I thought Desiree did a, a great job in running the boards and getting things kind of like – you know, honestly, I've, I've been in smaller fields that are weekend tournaments here in Florida or in other places where it's a burden. You know what I mean? It feels like a real slog and it's just like a pain to kind of go through. It's not fun. And that event, um, 
because it was single elimination in the final rounds, it was never like you weren't really there late. You know what I mean? Unless you wanted to be, you know, for action and stuff. Uh, the pool room is super great. Uh, Ernesto had done a, a really jam of job on all the tables. They all played wonderful. He had the same cushions, I think, on the gold crowns as he had on the diamonds. So a lot of consistency play, you know, table to table. You didn't have any like weird, you know, oh, this table plays kind of goofy. This table, like they all played really great. And some high quality pools going on too, you know, a lot of top American players there, which is nice. Um, you got to see some qu <clears throat> some quality sets and quality, ma um, <clears throat> excuse me, and quality matches, both one pocket and nine ball. So, <clears throat> I mean, jam up job for them, you know, they really did a good job in running it. It went off without a hitch. And uh, I think we saw Shane Wolford snap off his first uh nine ball to a ranking event <clears throat> you know the kids really been doubling down i think since last year kind of Crushed. probably uh, was you know let off uh uh of the event he, off the moscone cup team he probably you know you wouldn't have been mad at anybody for picking him to be on the team <clears throat> but i think jeremy had said it said it well when he said you know like everybody that didn't make the team they had a chance to cement themselves and make it really hard not to pick them and maybe he wasn't just quite there, even, even though you, you felt like he was trending in that direction. Um, and now um, now he's kind of like really kind of starting to separate himself from, let's say, the pack of yeah. like people who could be selected on the American side. And he's been running pretty hot. He had a, you know, a final 16 finish <clears throat> in the uh, UK Open and then went to Sacramento and snapped that off. So, um, you know, good for him. He's racking up the racking up the points so yeah i mean it was it's pretty awesome to see uh the the u.s i mean i i gotta just say this i thought it was really 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 funny uh somebody somebody made some post i think it was pool it's not as dead it's like yeah take that europe an all-american final of the the nine ball ranking events and <laughs> I, I i went through and looked at the field um one in a year there was there was, <laughs> there was like five there was five non-americans in the entire field yeah, <laughs> Which and is and I unique. and I think that there was like one world class quality like player, and it was Gerson. Other yeah. than that, I mean, there was there was no Europeans, there was no there there was no like Chinese or uh, Asian or anything like that. It's just yeah, but <laughs> for for the Americans, you 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 really kind of want that if you want like a just a who who's playing compared to the other Americans. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you want to be able to see where everybody's at, so without kind of having to filter in the Asians or the Europeans or any of that stuff. You just want to, it's good that we have more ranking events. We should have probably four or five more on the calendar in the U S that are legitimate ranking events that are the majority American events. I know the Bob stock Memorial Feder was there, but there wasn't a big like European representation there. And you saw a lot of Americans run deep in that event too. And you had an all American final in that event also. So it's like, that's what you that's kind of the benefit of having more ranking events here. And at the same time, there's ranking of big ranking events happening in in Europe. You know, the UK Open had just happened. You know, that's that's a big, a big deal. Spanish Open is happening. We need more events in the US that are two hundred thousand dollar prize funds, though. You know, so it's not just like, you know, you're winning five grand and that's your kind of like pump up, you know, for, for points. It does matter. Like it is they're good, they're valuable now. But, you know, every every event should be like a huge swing, you know what I mean, to really make it worth it. And, you know, guys are spending money to get out there. So it's not just like, well, I got 
<clears throat> you know, fifth or whatever and broke even, you know, you want to, you want these guys to make a little money as well and validate the time. So it's not just like they're sucking it up. But, and I guess that's, that's why we assume that there are no Europeans at um, Oscars. I mean, not that, not that there was an insignificant amount of money, but it's not like they're chasing, you know, especially if they come from Europe, they'd have to basically take first, second or third to make any money. Right. What was well, the price? Uh, Top prize, I think, was 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 five. Was it five? I or? think so. Yeah. Yeah, five thousand. Yeah. Same as yeah. the Bucharest. Uh, well, the Bucharest was five thousand euro, right? Yeah. So yeah it's about it's five thousand eight hundred ish. So comparable, you know, kind of like that. Um, but still, you know, it was a low entry fee tournament, right? It was like a hundred bucks to get in. Oh. Wow. And and it was hundred and forty five players, mm -hmm. so that helps to kind of pump the prize pool. That's awesome. Um, we have we have a, 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 a special guest. And, um, you know, so that's kind of cool, at least on that end. You know, that kind of helps the players out. But it would be nice to have bigger, you know, prize funds and stuff. Because we have, what, the U.S. Open? And then we have the International. But think, the International doesn't even count towards anything at this point. Is it going to be standard, like, going forward? Like, it just won't count towards points? It just counts to the world ranking? I, I, I don't know. I don't I don't think it does. That's stupid, you know. I mean, well, and that's that's why I said I said earlier, um, I said at a previous podcast that there's there's just no way that uh, the Moscone or the International Open won't end up moving dates at some point in time to get earlier in the calendar to count towards that Moscone Cup. Outside of the U.S. Open, and, it's the biggest tournament in the country. Yeah, know? I mean, yeah, the, you could make an outside argument for Derby City Nine Ball, maybe um, Nine Ball, but. Strictly nine ball, it's it's the it's the biggest event. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's that. I mean, that's so. Yeah, well, it's certain. It's certainly the most <clears throat> nine ball ranking event styled event because right because at the end of the day, like the nine ball at Derby City Classic, while it's a massive event and there's five yeah. six hundred players every single year, it's the the format of it's so kind of goofy ish that it's you don't really consider it um any sort of match room. And in fact, I don't even it did count. It does count still, right? Even yeah, though it's it got, does, it does it count. That format. Yeah, it counts. it counts. As Pinoza would say, it's not a major, you know. I well, I agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, at least last last year's international should count for points this year. I know they didn't for whatever reason, like this year. But it's just too important for ha to have it not be a significant contributor and deciding factor for Moscone points, especially for the U.S. And anybody who's captain is going to de facto wait to the end of the international anyways to see how anybody makes if somebody makes a big run at the international, it's gonna it's gonna wait it's gonna be weighted heavily in the selection process for a captain for a wild card. It has always been that way, you know. Justin Bergman snuck onto the team the last time he played because of his run at the international. The you know like it's just gonna last year they were waiting to see how Earl played. You know what I mean to see if it was worth giving him that spot. That's just always going to be that way. And the captain's going to stall to get a to get a selection point done. So they should make sure that that's being involved. And because it also like you know like I I paid my entry fee for that tournament early in advance, like way ahead of time. You know what's the incentive for me to sign up for that event if it's not going to count for points outside of just wanting to go to a good tournament? You know, so yeah. I mean, is it really worth spending? Uh, especially for you, Chris. I mean, is it is it worth coming across the seas spend? Three four thousand dollars in hotel and airfare and everything that it's going to take to get over here for something that's not going to count, anyways. I mean, 
uh, I did enter it last time, but I couldn't go last minute. I can't remember why I couldn't go. But um, it's different if you're playing for a living, which I'm not. You know, if you're playing for a living, then, you know, it's quite a lot of outlay to possibly not get a lot of anything back. But Elliot Sanderson, he went last year, and I think he got to maybe like the last 30, I think he might have finished 33rd or maybe even 17th. I think he got 750. So, you know, any beat the players on that run? <laughs> well, probably not, no. I if I, if I, yeah, if I remember right, I think he was. Um, I think he was coming to the U.S. anyways uh, during that time. Though I think I think he was going to Jacoby either before he was yeah, already at so Jacoby before to go with or after or something like that. Yeah, yeah, uh, I was supposed to go with him, but um, he was going anyway. But you know, even yeah. that trip, so going from wherever you are, Wisconsin, which is where Jacoby is, all the way down to Virginia, you know, hotels. I know, I, I made that. Yeah, I made that drive last year. You drove it, right? Yeah, you drove it, yeah. Um, but yeah, Four, it's not, um, not 15 enticing. Hours? 15 hours, I think. Loads of players say it's one of the best venues, though. Loads of players like that venue. I've never been there, so I can't say why. But Yeah, it's a great yeah, the Yeah, the venue is actually, yeah, it is really nice. Um, I just think, I, I just but, think if, you're, if you're promoting the World Nine Ball Tour, then then your your priority should be to support the the promoters that are, you know, take you take care of them. You protect them. Make sure that people are are adequately incentivized to sign up, you know, because people are chasing points and they're chasing ranking events. And if it comes down to deciding whether I'm going to spend 1500 at this event, that's not going to count for Moscone or another smaller venue where I can, you know, spend less and maybe get, sure. you know what I mean? There, that's, that's a consideration, you know, but there's a, there's an incentive obviously for the promoters at the moment for those types of tournaments you're talking about. There's yeah. something to be said for getting in at the ground floor. Mm -hmm. You know, this is the beginning of something, not the, not the middle or the end. So, you know, right. if they can get in now, put on good events, players like them, but, but players like the events and the promoters and yeah. things, then good things will happen, I'm sure. And I think by and large, to Nate's point, like Matchroom's done a really good job of like kind of like building this globally as a brand yeah. and getting big events in Europe, now getting events in Asia, getting stuff in the US. So like as things kind of get built up, there's going to be refinement and all that stuff. And I'm, we're, all, we're all for that, obviously. You know, you want, you want to put forward sure. if you can. And they're doing a jam of job. We're excited about nine ball. You know, people are are doing what they can to go compete and pick and choose the events they want to play in. And I'm glad we're seeing uh, a lot more American names that people maybe don't, you know, have close familiarity with outside of like the top, you know, really top players. Um, and even some international guys. Like it's great that Gerson went. Gerson almost double dipped the Sacramento event. He snapped off the one pocket uh, and then uh, went really deep in the nine ball. And now he's going to be at the World Cup of Pool with Chris Tevez, who's a uh, runner-up at the World 10 Ball last year. To Wojciech, uh, yep. Yeah, to Wojciech. And, uh, man, they're, they're an awesome team. They're going to be an awesome dark horse team to to watch play doubles, you know, because they're – Peru is basically like uh, South American Philippines, you know. Uh, okay. Big on their Q sports, like Karam and Pool, uh, and they got a lot of heart, not, um, you know, not the richest country, you know what I mean? So – everything really matters to them and they, they fight like hell. So Tevez really impressed me last year and Gerson's a super nice guy and a great, great champion. So very nice. I was, I was very impressed. Um, I've met Gerson once and it was like two years ago and uh, he was at the, the Wisconsin open and he came right up to me. He's like, Hey Nate, how's it going? And I'm like, okay, I've, I, I've talked to you once two years ago and he, he like recognized. And then I kind of noticed he goes up to everybody like that. He's ever met. He's, he remembers almost everybody he's ever met. Like he's got one of those like photogenic type of like 
memories to people and he always makes everybody that he sees feel special for you know uh, just it, it's it's just very rare to see somebody like that that's that nice very that good guy yeah very that good that kind name. of memory and like he always wants to make everybody around him feel good about themselves he's like he's a really really cool dude yeah super nice guy um and just just really tough player you know he played really great in 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 the one pocket. he doesn't even play one pocket really you know what i mean like he's learned. i know he's been hanging out in chicago i think uh recently so maybe he's had some like initial kind of like seasoning on how to you know play through that but uh still he's going to improve as he gets more experience you know super talented he's like close to 800 fargo already right like 790 or something wow. 97. yeah something like that yeah, he's up there so he plays a ton good uh no angela we have not talked about the wpba event yet we just kind of started in on this conversation so uh i don't know let's cover the the wpba event um it was last week of course but we didn't have a podcast last week so we should have talked about it last week but we didn't so here we are now um kelly fisher wins uh it's the first actually time that she's won for a while now it's been maybe seven or eight months uh she was she had that stretch there where she was winning every single one of them, yeah. uh, you know, before the Asian players had gotten back. But, you know, she's back on the winning trail now. And pretty impressively so. She loses her third match, comes all the way back through the B side. She loses to um, Yuki Hiraguchi, who's a, a great Japanese player as well. Uh, comes all the way back through the B side to, I guess, win in the uh, over Christina Takech, who I think this is her... I think this is her first finals of a WPBA event. Uh, she's she's been in that third to fourth, the fifth, sixth range, just about every single one of them. But I don't think I don't remember her making the finals of any of them. So um, Angela can chime in and tell me if I'm wrong on that. Uh, uh, Su Chen gets third place. Uh, I guess yeah, Chris. Or, uh, let's go back to fourth. Uh, Kaylee McIntosh gets fourth place. That's pretty awesome to see uh, an American, an American young lady getting up Florida towards girl. the top, which is pretty awesome. Florida girl. Yeah. Her She's, and uh, her and Sophia did, did really good. I was going to give them both a shout out because Sophia had a double hill match with, uh, man, I want to say it's Weiwei, if I'm not mistaken. I know, I know she beat Lonnie Fox uh, in a match, and then she had like a really tough. Um, You're saying Kaylee. Uh, no, this is Sophia Mast. The, oh, the yeah, 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 yeah. She had a double hill match against uh, against one of the top Asian girls as well, I think, Way. Um, and then Kaylee uh, finished all the way in the top four, which is – Kaylee's really coming, man. She's really putting in work, and, um, you know, her dad does a lot to help support her and kind of keep her in, in action and, and doing good things. So both yeah, Sophia lost opening round to uh, Way Way, and I'm, if I'm pretty sure – if I remember right, I think she was actually down like five to five to two, maybe. Yeah. And got and got back and ended up winning. Um, I guess six of the next eight match or, uh, games, which is. Yeah. yeah. So Sophia is so great. She's so level-headed and really kind of just positive and, and focuses and grinds. And she's doing. She's going to be a good player when, you know, she continues to progress and get that experience. And Kaylee's just yeah. super talented, super hardworking, very athletic. And uh, she's going to be a force in women's pool when she kind of finally breaks through. Um, and yeah, and, and Christina, man, like, you know, what a tough, tough player, you know, really like I whenever I see her play, I never I never get the sense of there's, that there's weakness there. You know what I mean? She's always very strong. 
she was she had what what was it her that had the uh the draw shot to scratch in the side instead of playing oh my god first i saw that i saw that shot on i think it was live what was happening and i was like you know if the, if you're really feeling the heat you know what i mean if you're really feeling it the right shot is just to like pinch it back like four or five, four inches maybe you know what i mean like just stop the ball maybe pinch it back a hair and take the take the 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 winning ball i think it was a nine ball up table uh up in the corner and you know you win the match right and she ended up um she ended up drawing it back in the side and ugh, brutal tough game tough yeah game. i'll tell you what kelly fisher did not have an easy draw on that b side either coming all the way back through uh she had to play monica webb caroline pow margaret fefalova margaret's uh, been great lately too yeah angela janik who's in the comments right now and awesome. then so so in order she plays Angela Janik, uh Monica Webb, Caroline Pau, Margaret Fafalova, Christina Zlateva, Kaylee McIntosh, and Wei Su Chen. And then of course Christina to catch in the finals. Wow. That's that's about murderer's row for <laughs> for a WPBA event. That is murderer's row. You can't get too much tougher than that. Yeah. Hi, Chris. Sorry, I'm still here. <laughs> Some uh, some pretty girl walk by or something, pretty much. Get your uh, attention. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, Mar Margaret's also been playing really good lately. She was at at the Bobstock uh, Memorial yes. and took. She almost beat Donnie, I think, Double Hill. Donnie got away with that one. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, like she's playing good. She's playing really good. Yeah, uh, and Christina Zlatova is too. I know I said this in a in a previous podcast. Christina Zlatova is you know. Uh, she works full time, but she's traveling all over the place. Obviously, she has to like be able to work remotely from wherever. Yeah, good uh, but she's like up towards the top two and beating some really, really incredible players. I mean, she ends up losing losing to Kelly there uh, on her murderer's row. But uh, yeah, I mean, she's she beat y Yuki Hiraguchi, Emily Duddy, and it's a lot of really great players. Uh, she's probably on the verge of breaking through. Hopefully, Kaylee McIntosh is on the verge of breaking through. Uh, it'd be nice to see some of the uh, the the younger U.S. women get a chance at this. Yeah. Well, Kaylee's definitely at the top of that list, I think. It'd be really nice to actually see Brianna Miller get back into the game. He's supposed, to, he's supposed to start uh, wanting to start playing, and I talked to her. I think she's she been was, playing. Yeah. Yeah, she's kind of starting. Starting to. Well, she just. Yeah, she just won an event this weekend. Sweet, yeah, she's so she's a tough cookie. Her, what, whatever happened to Taylor Hansen? Uh, fell off, fell off, doesn't play anymore. Um, her and her brother, her uh, Tristan Hansen's her little brother. Yeah. Um, actually, their, their dad listens to the podcast, is a big supporter for the, the the show. But um, yeah, I think they just she went to Lindenwood, but I think she just doesn't play that much anymore. And of course, Mark has nothing to do with Lindenwood anymore, which is a big bummer uh with you know the program he built there yeah that program is, is no longer there so that's why mark's not there but um april also had a strong tournament she she had a good showing i think she yeah. ended up beating uh margaret in a really close match uh, as well so it's good to see her kind of back in the wpba stuff she really should, deserves to be there all that nonsense about her not being able to play because she was playing in other regional events like that's just silly so they need yeah. to she's too good of a player to not give her carte blanche access to represent the u.s uh, at, yeah. at any time so yeah and then she lost uh hill hill to to weiwei <laughs> Wei Su Chen. 
who's won like three of the last four of these. So strong. Texas girl now, April Larson. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna need an autograph from like all these uh girls before they get too 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 big and too cool for school. Probably. That might be a good idea. I, I mean the the women are definitely in good hands with with some of the uh, all-stars that are coming through right now. They're in good hands with Allstate? Something like that, yeah. yeah. Call call hey. Allstate marketing department immediately. <laughs> yeah, we need, yeah, we need to get Allstate involved. Allstate, start sponsoring us. That's right. Actually, I'm switching, I'm switching insurance right now because I'm going to go on a rant. No, don't do it. My insurance went up 35%, my auto insurance, and I called and canceled it immediately. And the, the reasoning for it was, well, inflation and COVID is the re COVID is sorry. COVID is freaking done and inflation is coming down. So why are you only now doing this? I'm angry. All right. There you go. I hate insurance. Sorry. Man. 35%. Ah, ah. Make sure to make your voice heard at the ballot box. Okay. <laughs> all, yeah, all 17 people that listen to this show are going to know how angry I am at, at insurance now. And it's going to make a difference. I'm telling you. <sighs> what can you do? All right. Uh, so WPBA event. Uh, this was a couple weeks ago. Uh, we talked about, I guess, um, Oscars. Event. Did you have anything else about Oscars that you wanted to highlight? Um, visit Hard Times. It's awesome. Food's pretty good, too. And um, tables play great. So support them again. Yeah, absolutely. If you're on the West Coast, get over there and give them all your money. Uh, WPBA, we were hoping to have Lonnie on for this. We were hoping to do it last week, and it just kind of fell through, uh, which is why we didn't have a show last week. Uh, but we're back now. So I guess uh, from the comments, Angela, if you want to highlight anything that you that we, you think we should know about that event, uh, we'll we'll call it out. And if not, I guess we can move on to uh, the Spanish Open is starting tomorrow. Right. So that's yeah. that's pretty fun. They just had the Bucharest Open too, right? Like at the IDM Club as a yeah. warm. How, yeah, and they had all they had all the European championships too. Um, how how far is is the Buc is Bucharest from Spain? Because I know John Moore is like on the road right now, driving. It's a few hours. Or... Probably a couple of hour flights. A couple of hours, probably. Yeah. It's like a five six hour drive or something. Oh, drive! I'm yeah. not sure you really want to drive from there. To be honest, you've got to go through some. Um... Ten countries or something. <laughs> well, yeah, and some of them are still a little bit shady. You've got to go all the way through the former Yugoslavia to get to Spain from there. So some of those places are still a little bit. I saw Feder post that he lost, he lost his cues at the airport. They still not arrived, so he's gotten some some loner Q Tech cue uh, to practice with while he's waiting on his stuff to to come through customs. Brutal. Yeah, you're probably not trying to drive from. Uh... Romania, no. you're, I, that's got to be probably uh, probably twelve hundred miles. Maybe looks like like Florida. What are you talking about? Uh, yeah, yeah. You're probably especially once you get to Europe. That is the one thing that Europe definitely has right. Uh, Europe, you can get if you're in Europe, you can get like anywhere else in Europe for like one hundred and fifty uh, for like one hundred and fifty euros. It's it's anyway, if you're pretty yeah. much, yeah, sort of. But then internal flights in the U.S. are pretty cheap, right? No, uh, not really. Depends not on really. Depends on timing. Yeah, and for the, the same, yeah. And whether or not you want to fly Spirit. 
<laughs> yeah, right. Or Frontier. Yeah. Luck. Frontier, I, I actually, what, what, what wasn't bad for me the one time I flew on it? Spirit, never again. You're, you're done. Delta all day for me. Uh, I'm a United. I got the United card. I, I, I'm firmly in the camp of United, but I also had never had a problem with Delta. It's right. American that I can't stand. Interesting. Stupid. Uh, well, uh, the Bucharest, I don't know. Did you want to talk about the Bucharest Open or the European Championships or anything? Um, well, I thought it was interesting that the European Championships were happening around the same time as the UK Open, right? So there was a bunch of guys that went to that instead of the UK Open. Yeah. Yep. Some guys had to go to the European because Feder of the federations. Yeah, federational obligations and stuff. Yeah. I think Mike Pinoza yeah. had mentioned that before as well, that some of those guys are definitely not going to go to the UK Open because of that. Um but um, I think Conrad won. I saw a little bit of the match that him and Shane played uh, in the semis, I think it was, or the quarters, because then he went off to play. To yeah, it went double hill, I think, right? Yeah. Conrad and, and uh, Shane, and then he, he ran over Tobias. And then um, did he win in the finals against uh, Ko Ping Chung? Conrad? I think so. I think, I think Chung got through the final. I can't yeah. remember now. I know Conrad. Oh, won, the, oh. Much, yeah. 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 So it's Coping Chung, who I think eliminated his brother to, to advance in the tournament. Yeah. So he beat Jimmy yeah. to make the final. And then uh, and then Conrad took it down. So good tournament for Conrad because it's not like he had like yeah. a soft draw to get there at the oh, end. You know? Yeah. There's I loads mean, of players in Romania as well, guys that you've never have heard of, but they've got some really strong players there. Uh, right. They've got, you know, uh, their economy compared to the rest of Europe prevents a lot of them from traveling. Um, so yeah, but they've got some strong players there. And that club that they play in is amazing. It's one of the I best mean, it looks, looks super nice. Yeah, it looks super nice. Yeah, from Crazy. what I've seen. Good for them. So yeah, congrats to Conrad snapping it off. He's one of your buddies, right? Polish. Yeah, well, well, anybody who's Polish is my friend. Starting now. Sausage chaser. Stop it. It's all about the vodka. That's right. Hey, Shen, how's it going? I, it was really funny because I, I was at Oscars tournament and I kept hearing people say, like the announcer at the kitchen say, uh, food order ready for Shen Damani. And I see Shen running. Who the hell keeps putting stuff on my tab? And this is right after I see Skylar walk past the other way. So, like, I just put something on Shen's tab. So, it's like really hilarious. Uh, uh, just. It was really sorry, Shan, uh, for whatever your your bill was. Uh, I hope Skylar tipped you out. <laughs> yeah, it's Skylar in the Calcutta. <laughs> I don't know what was going on, but uh, Skylar had a uh, had a steak horse at the at the kitchen at uh, at hard times. So nice. Well, um, I guess uh, I I don't know. We can talk a little bit about. Uh, I got. I got to give a shout out to Wojtek Shevchuk because, of course, he was the uh, the all around MVP of the uh, of the European Open, which is kind of cool. Very cool. Because, yeah, my friend gets the MVP, which is fun. European Championships, uh, not the Open, right? Or the yeah, the European Championships. Yeah. yeah. Did I say the European Open? You yeah. did. Oh, my bad. I'm gonna uh, real quick. Okay, I'll be right back. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It's like some people, you know, have jobs and stuff, you know, weird, crazy. <laughs> and uh, we'll give a shout out to Pia Filler as well for also uh, winning gold out there. Um, I don't know. I don't want, I, I didn't watch hardly any of that. So 
I don't know. Did you did you watch enough of it to want to talk about any of it? The only thing the only thing I watched was the women's final. Um, and probably the less said about that, the better. To be honest, it's oh. yeah. The stand, I don't it... know if it was nerves or, or something, but the standard wasn't um, not the not the best. Um, yeah, a little bit of rough. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, not every single match can be Eklan Kachi and Joshua Filler in the finals, right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, but I mean, I think we're... There's, there's games to be made there in the women's games, but I, I don't, I don't, um, I don't see the game improving very much for them as individuals unless they start playing in the big open events with the men. I just don't see it happening for them. Well, if they get their own events too, I mean, at the end of the day, there's really not a lot of events going on in the in the Europe, right, for the women. I mean, at the end of it, you can say whatever you want about the uh, the the Euro Tour. The men can't survive on the Euro Tour, so there's no way that the women can either, right? And there's in the U.S. If there's one thing, I mean, Calcutta's for the women events can get large amounts of money. Uh, yeah, that's good. Plus, the WPBA does have you know ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollar added events. That doesn't exist in Europe. That doesn't exist. That's true. Yeah, that's, that that doesn't exist for the for the men or the women. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, Matchroom is doing their part, um, but they're doing their part for the men, right? Yeah. I mean, and we know they're, they're open events. Predator has been doing a great job for for the women, I think. Yeah, that, that's true. Yeah, there are a, a few of the um, you know big added those um, women events for that. Um, I, I guess the one at the end of the day, I mean, there's a lot of really, really, really great players, uh, lady players that that don't play full time. Like I. Can you think of any players besides maybe Christina to catch Margaret Fafalova and Pia Filler that play full time? And Kelly out of, but Kelly does. Well, yeah, I guess she's still living in the UK. Uh, I mean, are there any other full time players for the ladies' side that 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 live in Europe? Not that I'm aware of. No. And and technically, Christina and uh, Margaret, I guess, live in the US, right? Yeah, yeah, they both live in the US. And so Pia travels with. Josh, wherever they're, you know, going. Yeah. So Josh, Josh and or uh, so Pia and Kelly are the only two women's players in all of Europe that play full time. Yeah. I mean that that in its sense that in itself has to tell you something about the state of the money in in Europe. Uh, it, it's money in pool in general, though, isn't it? How many players in the world really can call themselves professional? And I mean, can actually live off their prize money winnings? Not a great deal. Well, there's there's probably 50 to 100. Yeah, maybe Yasmin. Uh, does Yasmin? Yasmin? No, I'm saying Yasmin. Uh, I forgot about her. Does she play full-time? Yeah. Um, well, yeah, she's on dancing with stars every, so long, every once in a while. So Yeah. But that's it. She won that, didn't she? I think she won the Austrian dancing with, with, with the stars are made like no, the, she got second. She got second. Yeah. Oh, second. Second place, yeah. And I'm sure that turned into a lot of I, I would like to think that that turned into a lot of uh marketing opportunities for her. Um she did a book, right? After that, I think. She just like sell a book or something. Yeah. I think so. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, but she has I mean she hasn't hardly played pool since then. So I mean she must be doing something to keep her time fill, right? I'd assume so, yeah. She's she's played maybe uh, 10 events since. I mean, at least the, the big events that 
She has. I mean, you don't see her at many of the. You may. You maybe see her at half of the WPBA events. Mm. Maybe. She. I mean, she wasn't at uh, the Iron City. Um, she wasn't at Wisconsin. Yeah, I don't think she was at the Wisconsin Open. Right. Um, not that that was a PBA event, but there was a Predator event. Uh, was she at the European Championships? Was there a women's division for that? There was there was a women's division. I don't I don't remember seeing her. I, I, right. I didn't see her name anywhere. I think she'd be at the latter end of that. I would yeah. I would think you'd see her. You'd think you'd see her at the the final, or around yeah. the finals at least, especially yeah, yeah, for yeah. the, uh, you know, without Kelly being there or Christina or Margaret or. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Hard to say. So Spanish Open's coming up, right? Yep, Spanish right. Open's coming up. Uh, Wu, Wu is back. Wu Cha Ching is back. And, and Chris and I were talking about this as far as the betting. Uh, Chris, why don't you, because uh, you were looking at the numbers, just give a little rundown of the Wu Cha Ching yeah. betting lines. So Matchroom posted on Instagram earlier. They had, I think, maybe the top 10 or 15 um, favorites in the betting. And the last two people on the list were John Mora and Wojciech at 30-1. to 1. And Wu's name wasn't on there. So that says to me that Wu is a higher price than 30 to 1, which is insane. <laughs> it's like worse than, it's worse than the co situation when he was 20 to 1 for the, for the oh Masters. Gosh. So if Wu's like bigger than 30 to 1, I think that's just absolutely crazy. Yeah. I, I, take, take my money. Here's, a, here's 100. Just, I know. Just I know he hasn't been at an event in maybe like four since years or something. Yeah, since the but, U.S. Open in the U.S., what was it, like 2019 or something, 2020? But there's never been a I, – I can't think of any – I don't think there's ever been a talent like him in yeah. uh, nine-ball pool, right? What, American-style pool. He won the Wells when he was 16, and he won the world, yeah. he won the world nine-ball at 16, and won the world eight-ball when he was still 16, or maybe just when he turned 17. Yeah. And he's just a and freak that, of nature. That said, against Kuo Chang is so strong because he – Kuo Cheng plays safe and get, gives a ball in hand yeah. on the hill. Wu needing five racks, and Wu uh, runs yeah. up. Kuo never yeah. gets to the table. Yeah. And this is like, you know, pudgy, sweaty Wu Cha Ching when he's 16. <laughs> and still, like, still, he's still a growing boy, you know? And yeah. he held his nerve and just, I mean, really showed his talent. I mean, it's it's a shame. How old is he now? Because he's got to be either like late 20s, early 30s. Yeah, something like that. He's got to be around 30, yeah. We have missed out unfortunately for whatever reason on this like this like young filler and gorst age range that we're getting with those kind of guys right where you know i think they should all be sending him a percentage like a five percent gapper for not coming you know (laughs) i mean really the guy i mean the guy is like like he's the man you know what i mean like he is like he he proves this week yeah if he wins this week you're, and gonna, it's, you're gonna have the strong argument to say he's not the best in the world because he's—I mean—he's in the, the conversation. Definitely. And, and it's funny because, like, I like I've seen, like, for instance, like I I see Shane right, Shane here in the U.S. and I've seen Shane go into modes where, like, he just treats his opponent like he doesn't even exist, right? When he's playing at his top, like when he was playing at the top end of his winning all 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 his U.S. Open you know, titles, he would make the diamond final table just look like a joke, you know, and he would do things that are just like stupid. And then there were, there would be times where he would go like, let's say overseas or something. And he'd run into a couple players 
And it was usually it was a guy like Wu, a guy like Ko, Big Ko, or Cheng Zhenglin, you know what I mean? Where there would be like a, oh, there's, this is like another, this is like another, like, like I, like I can see him get in his head a little bit about playing them. And he would change his style of play, almost becoming too offensive. You know what I mean? Okay. And kind of stretch a little bit, like take shots that if he's just playing another person, he's going to play it like maybe a different shot. You know what I mean? But he's almost like he wants to keep him off the table so bad that he'll overextend. And then he maybe he'll cause him an error and then, you know, they do what they do. Um, and Wu is one of the only few people I've ever seen kind of like draw that out of Shane. Mm. And I've heard Shane say like he's unbelievable. You know, I've heard him like you know, acknowledge that, that Wu is like really that great, you know? So it's kind of unfortunate for the pool world, right? That we saw him at 15, 16 as brilliant star, you know what I mean? Like just shine, like, Oh my God. And then he kind of like gets caught up in, I don't know, political stuff and obviously the COVID thing and, you know, but there's a long time we haven't seen him on the international stage. Like we've seen Josh, like Josh was a Since 20. The uh, last time we saw him, he won the, the last time we saw him, he won the nine, uh, the U S open. Uh, what, uh, he, got, he, got, he got second. He got second. Yeah, he but got he, beat in the final. Yeah, he had that. That. Oh food. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, whatever. That like never happens. You know what I mean? But like you know, he was right there, and we hadn't seen him in in a while. You know what I mean? Since then. So hopefully, this will be an open door for him to kind of just compete regularly, and we get to see, you know, probably the most talented Asian player. You know. That's a that's a statement. Yeah, but but it's hard, it's hard to argue with it. I mean, he I mean he is. You know, they say so Kuo Chang is more talented than Ko. I I would argue argue that Wu is the, probably definitely more talented than Kuo Chang. You know. Yeah, I mean it's it's hard to. Say. I don't think that I honestly don't think that thirty to one is out of line for him though for this. I mean I know that you guys are saying take my money, but I I don't. I don't disagree with the number and I don't disagree with the number only because we haven't seen him for what, four years now. Yeah. Uh, and, and you know that he hasn't traveled out of China. Or, he, like, looks, he looks fit. Like I watched a little clip that they put, like he looks thin, he looks in shape. Like he doesn't sure. look like he's let himself go at all. You know what I mean? And hope, I mean, pool is one of those games too, that you can play, you know, competitively long into your fifties and sixties, you know? So it's like, yeah. hopefully we get to see a lot of him doing his thing. The only thing, the only thing that I I would say is I think it's I think it's set up right because, um, like I wouldn't bet any money on him. I wouldn't bet on any money. There is something to you know he hasn't left the country in yeah, uh, what, I guess at least four years basically. And there is something like there, jet lag is a real thing. I mean, unless he's going to the Spanish Open a week in advance and he can actually get through that. Yeah, uh, who knows what what his travel plans have been. Yeah. It, and it's a lot harder, in my opinion, at least, to go west than it is east. And and if you go east, and you can just kind of, you, you know, you can kind of fade the uh, the whole sleep situation. But going backwards, it's I don't know. It, I just find it a lot harder personally. But yeah. I just think that uh, four years of not experiencing jet lag, and then going in and expecting to play at your highest level against some of the best players in the world. Uh, and the Spanish Open is an absolute murderer's row of top players. He's I mean, not seated, so I think I saw the bracket that uh, he'll have to play. I think Wojcic second round, right? If he if he wins his first round match, like he's got to play like a top player second round. Yeah. Uh, so I got I got I got to take a look at it. I, honestly, I I, uh, I haven't looked at the drawing much. Tough, um, tougher, tougher. I think somebody had said that if he wins second round, he's got to play like a big tough match like right away, and that's going to be brutal for whoever. Whoever draws the boy. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I, certainly it's – with being unseated, he's going to have to play somebody absolutely brutally tough, right? Right away, yeah. So, so we'll see. And he'll probably be on the TV table. So is that a oh, Dazzin yeah. thing, thing in the U.S., or is it going to be on YouTube or probably both? Okay, I, to be honest – Table two on YouTube, Matchroom Pool. Yeah, maybe. Sure. To be honest, I, I – I don't even. I haven't even looked at what um, this is going to be on. No, this is the Spanish Open. This is this doesn't have anything to do with um, Matchroom. What do you mean? This, this is a, it's a ranking open. It's a ranking. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. But but Matchroom isn't putting it on, right? So it's not going to yeah. be through the zone. Yeah, the zone is the ones. They're the ones streaming it. Let's see. Uh, yeah, the zone and YouTube. I hear oh, in the U.S. and Sky Sports in uh, in Europe. Yeah, this is like the UK Open all over again. This is like. U.S. Open, same thing. Oh, well, cool. Yeah. Well, I guess I got to. Uh, I don't even know if my my DAZN um, my DAZN thing is uh, active. I don't know. I, last I knew, I paid for an entire year, so yeah. I don't know when that year. I I end up just basically at most of these events. Huh? Yeah, I don't know what I'm talking about. Leave me alone. <laughs> well, anyhow, Wu, Wu is um, – I'm really excited to watch him play, and there's going to be fireworks as soon as – like you said, he's unseated because he hasn't been playing. But that's like – that's no consolation to whoever draws him, you know? <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. So, I, I just I just don't think that 30, 30 to 1 is out of line for somebody we haven't seen in four years and hasn't had the experience of, you know, traveling for that long too. I don't know. It'd be interesting to see what the line actually is, so I can send a send a send a hundo on behalf of my good friend. So yeah, I think Chris might uh, Chris might take it for you, put that bet in for you. That's right. I got a UK friend to place a bet, Chrissy yeah. boy. <laughs> yeah, we can uh, we can we can have a chat about it. Like, <laughs> what price? What, what odds do you think he has to win it then? If you think thirty to one is too short, um, to, to be to honestly, be, I'd probably put him in the fourteen to eighteen. Yeah. Somewhere in there, I'd say that's that's probably about fair. That makes him one of the favorites. That makes him fourth or fifth favorite. Probably I mean, at the end, of, there. I I would say I would say that. Um, well, I honestly I don't know. I in in a situation like this, I wouldn't bet it no matter what. Like I, I just I just wouldn't touch it because he he could he could end up being ten to one, and he also could be seventy to one. We haven't seen him in four years. We don't know how he's going to handle the travel. We don't we don't even know if he's been playing for four years. We well, assume he has been. But I would yeah. say this. A line like that is going to encourage people to bet, and I think that's yep. ultimately sure. what the bookies want, right? They want they want money getting in there, so that's yeah, sure. I got yeah, well, they just haven't considered it, maybe. I mean, we, we we've already found out that the uh, we've already found out that the the odds makers aren't very good at what they do with pool yet, right? <laughs> we we kind of established that. Well, they used to get some of the pool players to help out with the odds, so I think I think William Hill, which is a big bookmaker in the uk i think darren appleton US. helped oh in the us too now um i think darren appleton helped them with some of the odds in 2019 i think i don't think i'm speaking out of turn um, so i think he helped make some of the lines there uh, or give them some info anyway uh, but if they are just going off like wikipedia and the azb money list over the last four or five years then they are hanging themselves out to dry. I mean, the code price was crazy for the Masters. Completely crazy. Um, yeah. So, well, in yeah. hindsight, the Eklund, the Eklund price was pretty crazy too, right? Because he was, I think he was 18 to one or something like that for that event too. 
I don't think I don't think he was uh, much ahead of Co. Yeah. If I remember right. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. And for, and for people like Shane, I mean, Shane is always going to be ridiculously overpriced. Uh, he should always. He's probably at this point in his career, he's probably closer to double whatever he's supposed to be than, you know, wherever he's at. Yeah, he's nine to one for the tournament this week. The favorites, um, Fran, and he's thirteen to two, which is six and a half to one. Yeah. Um, and then which it's, is uh, probably right. He might be favorite, but six and a half to one. I depend. Look, I, that's that's. I yeah, guess that's it depends. Pretty high. That's pretty high. It's, it's it, there's a lot of value still in the prices, is what I'd say. So they used to do the same with the snooker. There used to be a lot of value in the snooker betting, um, for a lot of years, but. Five or six years ago, uh, Ronnie O'Sullivan was favourite, and he was thirteen to two or fifteen to two, and he was the favourite, and he took it down, and everybody had bet on him, and they got the bookies got stung big time, and now the price on like Ronnie winning the worlds, you know, it's like it's not until next April, but if you look at it now, I bet he's like seven to two or something, so they've dropped, yeah. they've like slashed the prices in half. Yeah, I mean. It, uh... This is what happens when you're when you're offering a market to something that you don't know anything about, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's there's a lot of I mean, there's a lot of uh, I listen to a couple of betting podcasts, and there's there's people that are like they're like betting um, like European uh, water polo because there's yeah, yeah. a market for it, and and of course you you can't hardly get any money down on it. I mean, you're like the the limits on it are like a thousand dollars. I don't I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what the limits are for pool. I'm sure there is a limit. I, I doubt you could just walk up and put $150,000 on. No, no chance. Yeah, I mean, I, I maybe, I mean, maybe you would know this. Do you know what the caps are? I would guess it's probably a thousand euros. Quid. Oh, I don't think you get that much. Probably about a hundred or something. Is it? Would, yeah, I mean, that, that yeah, would make probably. sense. You're basically. Um, yeah, so you're... If you bet online, then uh, a lot of the times now, if it's on a market that's not really known, or you've picked something that's a massive outsider, it'll let, it'll take a fraction of your bet and then pass the rest of the bet off to a trader to look at to yeah. authorize, so a human being to authorize. Yeah, I mean that that yeah, that kind of makes sense. Um yeah. they're trying they're trying to offer a market without having really any risk, right? Is what they're trying to do. Yeah. Give you something to sweat while also I don't know. I guess we're we're watching Wuchit. There uh Matru made a post uh, 3 hours ago with Wuchiching. So, Oh, really? Yeah. Just doing some practice and stuff, which is uh yeah, interesting, kind of fun. It's great you, for them to have him back. Yeah, I would I would say that uh, I guess to to round out what I was talking about earlier with the number with him, I I wouldn't I wouldn't set the the number at anything. I I, I just don't feel like I have any idea what he would be or should. But if be. you had to, if you had to, if you were the bookmaker, what would you what would you say? If I if I was the bookmaker, having not seen him for four years and knowing that he hasn't stepped foot out of the country for four years, um, thirty five. 35 to 40 somewhere in there would would be and now now if it was if it was four years ago i'd be putting him at uh nine to two something yeah, like that. second or third favorite right yeah 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 right around yeah 11 11 to 11 to 2 maybe uh 16 to 3 something like that um but yeah i mean we haven't seen that and we don't know what that can i mean we saw how long it took for the co brothers to bounce back and they were only gone for a year I mean, Would how you, long? I, did... I know, but come on. You, 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 no disrespect to any of the co's, but Wu's different. 
that's no. it's a different. No, I, I I don't agree with that. I mean, come on, different. Okay, so different in what sense? Are we are we talking about like the potentially the most talented of all time compared to potentially the seventh most talented of all time? Yeah. I mean, you can't say you can't say that Coping Chung is not one of the great like one of the greatest talents the game has has seen. I don't. I wouldn't differentiate between. I wouldn't put Chung over Coping Yi and talent wise. I wouldn't think. Uh, maybe, uh, but then then either one of them. Do you really think that Wu Chiching has has done? I mean, yeah. I'll I'll tell World you what. Both, sixteen. I would say yeah, sure, but I don't think that if you just look at the resume of what they've done, both of the Co brothers have done more than Wu Chiching has done. You know, if you just if you look at their Wikipedia, entire but, career, if yeah, you look maybe. at their entire career. Now, with that being said, of course, Wu Chiching has not played a tenth of the tournaments that either one of those two have. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, yeah. I, I understand that. I, I completely understand that. I, I'm just, I, I don't. Wu Chiching is an absolute beast of a talent. I, I agree with that. But I, I don't look at the Co Brothers as being far behind him, if, if at all, as far as talent. I mean, the dude is. Uh, both of them are just sick. They are great players. There's no dispute in that. There's no dispute in it. I just think Wu's on a, uh, on a, on a different, <laughs> on a different. So- so who do who do you put in Wu's category of talent? I would say uh, Wu's. I I would say potentially Wu's up there with talent wise the best players ever. Like who? Well, who would be your best players ever? I mean, I'm everybody knows you. who we're talking about. <laughs> so everybody I'm asking who, you. You know, you know, you're talking best nine ball players ever. You're talking Shane. You're talking Al. Yeah. Those types of players, Wu's got. Wu's got all the ability in the world. He's got bottle. One big stuff when he was a kid, one big stuff when he was an adult. He almost won the US Open when he hadn't really played all that much leading up to it. And he lost it through probably the weirdest error ever touching a ball. So, yeah, I you know, I, I put him right, right up there with anybody. I think that'll play out as well over the next, hopefully, he plays in all the events for the next year. And then you can apologize to me in 12 months' time. I'm I'm happy to. I just don't. I, I mean, I just don't think. I don't think that. Uh, I just don't think that there's that big of a gap between them. Uh, I don't think that there's enough of no a way gap to measure between. It. No, no, it's all speculation. But I yeah. would say there's there is not enough of a gap between them to justify ignoring how long it took for the Co brothers to get back, and it took them over a year basically to get back to where uh, they were when COVID hit. Right. I mean, we were looking at the Co brothers as being top top five to top seven players in the world. And I think mm-hmm. right now, if you were to make a list, I, I think it'd be really hard to, to keep both of them off of your top, let's say seven list. Yeah. And I, I th- it took them, it took them over a year to get back to that point to where we're looking at them as being that level again. And I just don't think that Wu Cha-Ching is so much more ultra talented to, than those two that we can just say, all right, well, we haven't seen him for four years. He's right where he was the last time we saw him. I know, but you know, we haven't seen him. It's not to say he hasn't been doing anything. There's plenty of good players in China, plenty of great players in China that never leave the country. Well, I agree with that, but do you, you don't think that the Co brothers had an opportunity to do the same exact thing Wu Cha-Ching would be doing in four years? And it still took him know. a year. Yeah. Still took him a year. Yeah. Right. You're telling me, I mean, the co-brothers have this, this magical thing where they have three world-class players under the same household they could, that they could battle against anytime they yeah, want. Yeah. And then all the other Taiwanese players, you know, that yeah, probably, you're talking, you know, I'd assume they've got access to all practice together at some point during the year. It's not that big of a country. Shang Jung Lin, yeah. uh, 
uh, four-way shoe. I mean, there's a lot of and what happened to Kevin even... Chang? Oh yeah, I, I, there's a name I haven't heard for a little. Yeah, while. yeah, because he. Uh... The last time we saw him, he was. Uh, I think he was uh, battling those those three races of twenty-five with uh, James Aranis. He beat James Aranis two out of three sets. Oh, this was a couple months before. I mean. Uh, Molina Mike's in the comments, so he, he maybe he can maybe he can remember when it. I don't know if he's still here, uh, but um, I think it was a couple of months before COVID. They were playing in like Louisiana or something like that. They played like uh, two out of three sets, or they played three sets to twenty-five, I believe. And right, uh, right. Kevin Kevin won either Didi won two out of three or Kevin won two out of three. But I'm pretty sure mm. Kevin won two out of three of those sets. Mm. Yeah, he's unbelievable player. no you know what i know i know that uh i know that james ronis lost two out of three sets because i remember uh i remember um uh roy's basement uh making a post where uh james ronis was outside mowing <laughs> and he's like this is the most expensive mowing uh, mowing job i've ever hired <laughs> because he lost <laughs> because he lost him a bunch of money he, he made him mow the lawn <laughs> So that was yes, I think that was actually right leading up to COVID because I think uh, I think when he made that post, I think that it was like uh, um, pretty soon after. I think uh, James and Filler played that race to hundred, oh, okay. and that was okay. that was during the early part of COVID. Okay, okay. If I'm not if I'm not mistaken, but no, I I I I don't know what happened to Kevin Chang. Yeah, he's some some player. The last, yeah, he won the. That event leading up to the 2019 US Open, the WPA Championship or the WPA Players Championship, he won that. I remember that. Yeah. Um, and then did he win? When did he beat boys in the US Open final? 20, or well, maybe that was like 2014 or something. That might have been a long it was, time before that. To be ago, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's some player. But there's, yeah. you know, there's a load of guys all over Asia that we've never heard of or that we've forgotten about that are like, that would fill yeah. up, you know, 50 spaces on the top 100. Just yeah. unbelievable amount of talent. Yeah. It'd be really interesting to see uh, how many, how many not, well, how many Americans would be left on like the Fargo top 100. If we just magically had, let's, let's say a billion games worth of data between China, Taiwan, Philippines. Yeah. Uh, like just those three countries, and seemingly Vietnam now. It seems like every every tournament there's a new Vietnamese player I've never heard of before that makes yeah. the final sixteen. Yeah. yeah, it'd be really interesting to see what um, what the Fargo top one hundred list would look like with just a billion games of data between those three countries. Yeah, how many how many more eight hundred level players would be out there that we've never even heard of that? Hundred something more, <laughs> God knows. You know, and most of them, and most of them are between the ages of thirteen and eighteen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. Rock, Who are you Rock picking as your winner? Uh, well, let's 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 answer uh, Rock's uh, question oh, yeah. first. How do you feel about the line for Mora? Thirty to one. Um, I think that. If he's going to snap off something massive, it's going to take a couple more years of him playing left-handed, which I think is just an unbelievable achievement. I think it's crazy. Just well, I did. I did an. But... I did an interview with him on the way to the U.S. Open last year. He gave me a ride down there from um, the Sandcastle Billiards uh, event, 
And he says that he thinks he thinks he's playing better left-handed now than he ever wow. played right-handed because wow. because he knows that he has to stay within himself playing left-handed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He can't do things that he can do right-handed. And so because of that, he has to play the game in a more strategic, intelligent way. He you know, we you've all seen the you know how many how many 15-year-old kids are coming out of Europe right now that you watch play and it's like oh my god, they don't miss anything, right? Mm. But you know, what's uh the the Riku from uh, Finland. I mean, he had that giant or that, that stretch there where he beat like Sky Woodward in like the Las Vegas open. And he had like a, a pretty deep run in that. And, you know, we haven't seen a ton of him since. And I'm not saying he's not a good player because he is a, an absolute beast of a player, but we've seen him in opportunity since. I mean, I think he played the Shane Van Boning open or the, the Shane Van Boning uh, junior uh, okay. open at, at the U S open. And he didn't, he didn't win that. And it's like, you kind of look around and it's like, well, why hasn't he done much? But you see a lot of these kids and they're like, oh my God, they never miss. They, they fire balls in from everywhere. What you don't see is the next month they don't, you know, they don't, they don't have the run that they have when they catch your eye. Yeah, so it'll be, yeah. it'll be because, because they play that way. Right. I mean, if there's something about a 16 year old to 18 year old that they just, they don't have that fear yet. Right. They, they don't play the game scared. And a lot of the top players have talked about this, like the transition from playing, like aggressive all the time to like kind of refining their game and, you know, figuring out when to take your chances and when to play safe. And uh, if there's something, where was I going with this? I'm not sure. I forgot about, I lost my uh, train of thought now, but the, I mean, there, there's something to like uh, getting that, yeah, that switch into the, the new side. It, it, yeah. I forgot where I was going with this, but I didn't. What were you talking about? Kid, I'm not sure. I didn't think the kids were allowed to play <laughs> in the junior plus the open event at the at the matchroom thing. So I thought they had to pick one or the other. I know that was the case at the UK one. They, they had to pick one or the other. Well, did they start at the same time there? Started like two days after or something. I think that was the same for US Open. I think that started like three days after. The I think that was three started. days after. Yeah. So yeah, I, think, I think they were down to like the final like. 32 or maybe 64 when they started the juniors. Mm-hmm. So yeah, maybe, but... maybe they, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure. But there was um, a kid from Sweden. Oh, I can't remember his name now. You know, the kid who beat Tyler Steyer at the UK open. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's. Oh yeah. 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 I was. Thanks Rox. Uh, so the John oh, Moore part of the, like, yeah, yeah. So what he kind of said to me in that interview was he was like, um, he was saying, you know, like I, I looked at the game when I was playing right-handed as like, you know, uh, which ball can I make? And he made, he had to make the transition when he played left-handed to which shot can I not miss? And that was a huge like reckoning for him to like relook at his game and redefine his game mentally from like basically saying, all right, how do I run out to how do I not, not run out? It, be, it becomes more about like damage control than it is running racks over and yeah. over and over again. And he said yeah, that, uh, that that switch mentally really helped his game uh, because now he has the ability to go both ways, right? He knows that in the moment, both if he ways, needs right. to do, if he needs to do it, he can kind of bring in that right-handed mentality of like, all right, let's bear down, grab my lunch pail and let's just go to work on this shot. Uh, or he can look at the rack more from a left-handed perspective where he's like, all right, well, how do I, how do I not mess this up? How do I play the, the run out that, is going to most likely get me out of this rack, right? Yeah. Or yeah. or when do I duck for cover, right? Yeah, but there is unbelievable I mean, achievement. You, yeah. 
you you see that transition happen a lot uh, with you know players that are coming into their their element as either an adult or just you know growing into a more mature player is playing more for damage control than you know yeah you get running scars, out all the time. You just get yeah. scarred up and you bad <laughs> memories, <laughs> flashbacks, <laughs> all sorts yeah. of stuff going on. Yeah, but uh, I mean, as far as that going into the 30 to 1, I, I mean, I'm looking at a lot of these things and like a lot of these numbers are just, if you just look at it like player to player, like how how in the world could you possibly put Victor Zelensky twice as high as Wojtek Shevchuk? If you ask those two who the better player is, you'll actually get that both of them will answer the opposite way. Wojtek will say Victor and Victor will say Wojtek. I That's mean, those two are... yeah. Humble, most, but well, sure. But tell me, does it sound wrong? It doesn't sound Victor, wrong. Victor is definitely out there playing more, so you see him a little bit more. He's he has more bullets, but I don't know. Wojtek Shevchek has has more wins and he plays less events. I mean, I'm not more saying that Victor's... he's a lot older, right? It's a lot old. Yeah, he's yeah. a lot older than, yeah, he than is. Victor. Yep, definitely. The, the thing with Zielinski is that once he. <laughs> Once he starts regularly making the last 16 stages of tournaments or the last 32, now that Matchroom have restructured their events, you just wouldn't be surprised to see him take off and just blow the next four or five players away and win with like a record low deficit in frame count. He's just got just a stupid gear. It's unbelievable. Oh, absolutely. But yeah, I mean, Wojtek has the ability to just kind of grind into submission too. I mean, the way that he, he's a, I mean, the way that he grinds a game would, I, I don't think, I think that, grind doesn't sound cannot... great, does it? It's not a it's not it's not a grind, but he's just. When do you ever really see him play the wrong shot, or back to your point sure. on Jot? You never really see him go for anything that you think, well, that's like he's pushing the boat out or anything. Well, um, well I mean, they definitely have different playing styles. I mean, Victor is yeah. much more in the Joshua Filler camp, and Wojtek is definitely more in the Ralph Suke, uh type type of game, right? I mean, that's more rounded type of game, yeah, more rounded, yeah. more like mature type of game you'd say sure. no um but victor won't carry on you know wait till victor's in his 30s he won't be going for everything anymore maybe he will but it'd be absolutely crazy well, if he carries on doing well that's that. yeah that was exact that was my exact point like yeah yeah, yeah. a little bit ago right yeah um but i mean the idea that you're gonna have i mean i don't know I, i'm looking at i'm looking at this and these numbers and i guess I, I should actually let's let's just pull them up on screen so people can see them as we welcome uh, ray back uh the idea that you have alaska alaska as like 30 to 1 the same as voitech i i yeah the idea of that is just completely dumbfounding to me it's absolutely it's... completely dumbfounding why you can put those two in the same on the same line and coping chung at 25 to 1 great uh, price unbelievable price yeah that's I, that's what I mean, here, here I'll, I'll pull these up so everybody can see. The idea that you have coping Chung at twenty-five to one. What has David Al Qaeda done besides being, you know? And maybe, maybe they put David Al Qaeda at twenty to one because he is Spanish and he think, you know, they're going to get a lot of money on him. Uh, so juice his number up so that you're basically, you know, collecting more money because of the top home soil, home support. He loves that stuff. You know, yeah. Does it put I him mean, above Fedor and people like that? No, but yeah, I mean. I just, I mean, David Alkaidi is obviously an, an incredible player, but he hasn't, he hasn't won much since, I guess, the Masters in, was it 2019, 2018 mm. that, that he won that? Has he won a, has he won a major event since? 
Well, there's only a handful of people that have won matchroom majors. They're, they're the majors, the actual matchroom events, aren't they? So there's only a handful of people, yeah. and great players that haven't won them. So I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't say anything bad about them because of that, but... Oh sure, it's, sure. I, yeah, and I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to say anything bad about. No, them. no, I'm I get trying it. To just, I get it. Trying to justify these numbers, right? You can't really, apart from the top, apart from the top six names on that list. The rest of the prices are all way up for debate. Way up. Well, for I debate. would, I would, I would say that there's a couple in there that are way up for debate. I don't think the champion in, voting in, in any sort of way deserves to be nine to one. Second favorite. You don't think he's second. You don't think he should be second favorite. Regardless, if you just forget the price for a minute, you don't think he's second favorite. No way. Filler. Not even close. No, not That's no. Interesting. Not, well, Joshua Fillers won. How many events since the last time Shane won something? Well, Shane won the Worlds like what eighteen months ago. Fillers won what the UK Open. What, uh, what the, he... I believe he won the European Open. Um, right. Did he? I believe so. I mean, I, I, I don't, he's one, I don't know. I, I just, I don't, Shane is always up towards the top of all of these. And, I, and I'm not trying to say that he's not worth, you know, that kind of mm. number, but I mean, at the end of the day, you got to win something. You, you have to. No, no, no. Or, or, or make deep runs. And he hasn't made a lot of deep runs either. I mean, Kachi's won the last two major events. And he's three to one behind Shane. What are you counting as the majors? Or what are you saying on on Kachi? Tam, the World Handball, and then no, he just snapped off the Masters, Eastern, didn't he? No, Co yep. Co won the Masters. Or, uh, he was in the finals of the Masters, the the UK Open, and then yeah, yeah, yeah. the World World Ball. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, it's like that's kind of like a "What have you done for me lately?" type of uh, argument, but. Uh, what have you done for me lately argument is better than the last time you did anything for me argument, right? I suppose so, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Do you do, do you agree with that or uh, not, Ray? Yeah, I think Kachi should probably be uh, slightly ahead of Shane. I'd probably put – Filler's probably right. Um, Ko is probably about right. Uh, Shane should probably be around 11 to 1, you know, 11, 12 to 1. I mean, it's not far off, you know. Yeah, uh, I, I would go with that. I would go. I would go. I would probably put him at thirteen to one. I'd pro I'd probably put Alvin a little bit longer odds because uh, he, for the same reason, he hasn't really been producing yep. a ton lately. I agree with that. Uh, and I'd I'd probably move Ko Ping Chung up to like around fifteen, sixteen to one. Um, uh, Mario borderline, you know. He's another one that's kind of like. <laughs> Honestly, you could make a pretty good argument to move him up or down, maybe. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, I agree with that. I could make a really strong argument to move him up to fifteen to one. I could also make a pretty good argument to move him back to twenty-five to one. Max, I'd probably move down, move down a little bit. What are you saying about Fedor? Uh, Fedor's probably still well. I think that's probably got, right for him. He's not got his cues, but I think until he proves himself on the matchroom stage, it'll probably be like this. You know what I mean? Mm. Where everybody knows, and then it's just a matter of him kind of like uh, doing what he does on, on these, you know, in these events. So, and that, that'll come. He's got a good head on his shoulders and he's got everything else to go with it. So he'll be yeah, fine. Yeah, just a matter about putting it all together. Yeah, he'll be fine. And, and I think uh, Fedor gets a, a little bit of a, 
you know, it, it's kind of like the Jason the Jason Shaw argument, right? Where Jason, it's not that Jason plays bad in matchroom events. It just seems that like he finds somebody who plays way, 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 way above their caliber, and next thing you know, Jason has like two wins, and it looks like he got completely schlacked, but he got to the table exactly twice in the set, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of people. He's got to Go change ahead. colognes. Jason's got to change colognes. Yeah, he might have to. Yeah, I mean, you look you look at last year, and uh, you know there was a lot of uh, flack that uh, um, you know they, they have the same World Cup of pool team. But I think Jason took one shot last year, if I'm not mistaken, maybe one, maybe two shots, and same with um, Elliot. Yeah, Elliot Sanderson. He took one shot. What do you do? I mean, <laughs> how do That's you? Nothing to do. How how do you say that uh, they're not worthy of you know running it back when Elliot's I mean the one sa- and he didn't even shoot an offensive shot right he played a safety that was a think you so. know a, maybe like four four or five inches short of pace yeah. yeah yeah I mean if that game had worked out the other way and it was Elliot and Jace that got the chances the same chances that Jim and um, Chris got then it would have been the same result just the other way around you know pretty sure that's nine ball. What do you like for the tournament? Did you already talk about your your picks? No, he had asked me, and then we uh, we went on with uh, Rack's question. So about the John Mora, basically where he's at. I I don't think you need to have Alexa or John Mora on this, unfortunately, because uh, I do really like John Mora, but I don't think he should be thirty to one. I don't think that there's enough justification for his matchroom results to put him that high. I wonder how how they came up with this list. Was this just like top? Or is it just like random people that they selected, or are these just the top rank, the top? Not sure. uh, you have to assume that these are the highest, right? That these are the top one, two, three, four, five. Based six, on ranking, seven, the top eighteen. I would assume you'd yeah. have to assume that, right? Yeah, you'd have to. Yeah, probably. I don't know. I guess. Uh, go, Ray. Do you want to uh, give your pick for this? Uh, I don't know. Not- I mean, Kachi's been playing so good, you know, like. Kachi's playing really great. You gotta assume that he's not gonna forget how to break, and he's gonna remember which side of the queue to hold. I think he's gonna probably look good to to run deep. I've liked him too against guys like Filler and um, FSR. He's really been dominant, you know. To be fair, so I think he's probably playing the best form right now. If I pick three guys, I'd probably pick Kachi, uh, Little Co. Looks strong. And then I, I really want to see what Wu does, you know. Uh, seeing him kind of back in the stage is exciting. It's compelling stuff. And we can see if he can make a run. You know, Should be fun either way. So your pick and then one dark horse. Uh, I'll take Wu as a dark horse. And uh, I'll pick uh, I'll pick Kachi to go deep. Okay, Chris, what do you think? I'm going to do what I normally do. I'm just going to say Jay to win. And Wu's my dark horse. <laughs> Jay is also Jay is your pick and your dark horse at the same time. Uh, nah, <laughs> just yeah. Well, as, as much as much as we all love Jason, uh, how close is he to becoming a dark horse pick in one of these things? If I if I pick Jason as my dark horse, do you think I'd be out of line? No. No. I don't know. All right, I'll take uh, I'll take Coping Chung because I think that uh, 
I still think Coping Chung is the more talented of the two brothers. And 25 to 1 is absolutely insane to me. Uh, And you know what? As my dark horse, I'm going to pick Conrad. Why not? Coming off of a win, he's got some confidence coming in. The juice? He might be riding high. Tushishin? Yeah. Conrad Ushishin. We'll see. Might be fun. Who knows? But I'll make this prediction. This will be a fun one. Ready? There will be... There will be eight Polish players in the final 32, and there will be four in the final 16. That's strong. I mean, that's what they do every event, isn't it? Pretty they good. Yeah. <laughs> the business end, you know, they're all there waiting, threatening. One of them makes it. Yeah. So, I don't know. I guess, uh, what do you guys think? Is this this good? We, uh, I, mean, we could, I mean, we could talk about Fedor getting beat by uh, Carlo Beato. Um I've I think got it's to almost... go, but you guys carry on. I've got to go, though. Sure. Is that sure. something you, you want to talk about at all, Ray? Thanks, Chris. Um, I didn't get to watch any of it because now it's behind a pay-per-view wall on Sharks. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure what the format was, if they were playing break and push out after the break or they were playing uh, winter break, and whether it was a neutral racker or template or anything like that. So without those details... You know, like it's hard to tell. I know last time uh, Federer and Carlo played in nine ball format, it was not close. And Federer did Federer things. Drilled them. Uh, yeah. Drilled them and uh, played, I mean, awesome. So, <clears throat> you know, uh, if it, I, I'm assuming it was 10 ball and the same rules, like the break, you have to play safe or push out after the break. And, you know, at that point, it's, I think he lost to Raga as well, right? Raga just edged him out. Or did Raga beat FSR? I can't remember uh, how that went. Francisco was also there. Uh, I'll I'll figure it out. Go ahead. That's right. He lost to he lost to Bassett Moikabat, who's one of these guys that I, I mean, somebody needs to sponsor that guy and let him let him come to these matchroom events, figure out the break, and then uh, come to these events because. He's too good to not uh, be competing, and I think I think he's probably the best player in the Philippines right now. Um, yeah, I, I'm pretty comfortable thinking that he's the best player in the Philippines right now, and um, so it'd be interesting to see him play internationally. I know he tortured Chang Jin Lin, and apparently he beat Federer as well. So, I mean, what else do you want? You know. So. Um, yeah, I was gonna say I thought it was normal rules. So I didn't think it was the push out. Because they've been doing that race to 63 thing um, over three days, 31 or whatever, and push out safety first inning after the break. That's how he played Chang, and he beat Chang that way pretty bad. Um, but if it was just regular rules and it was a referee rack, then that's tough because it's you know you, it's hard to string together those big racks when racks are inconsistent. Um, I don't know. It was a close match either way, which you'd expect with two top players. But um, yeah, I think Sharks is doing some really cool stuff. You know, they used to have those free streams, and now they're PPV or whatever. It's kind of cool that they're kind of growing their their um, their players and getting a lot of internal action in the Philippines, getting some people to come in and and play, which is great. It's great for the international pros visiting too. They get some- it's incredible. It's incredible how many great players are getting over there to play. And they're being compensated, I'm sure, like, you know, to get over there. And then yeah. they might win whatever they want to win playing playing in the match as well. So that's awesome. You know, that's really great. That's like, I think more more people should probably do that. Maybe 
we should have a sharks in Europe and a sharks in the US and uh, bring some of these guys over and and you know diplomacy. Yeah. So, but um yeah, I don't know. Spanish Open's going to come up. It's going to be interesting to see. It's good to see another big this one, what's the 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 payout uh for the Spanish Open as far as prize fund? Is this one one of the $200,000 added ones? Yep, $200,000 prize fund. Yep. So yeah, that's awesome. Like that's awesome. Another great event in your first place is yeah, first place thirty thousand, runner up fifteen, nine point five for the semifinalists and six thousand for the quarterfinalists. Where where do you see that? Uh on the can on you, match or pool can you, can you can you show it real 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 quick? Yeah. It'd be cool if we can get like five of these events in the US every year. So I think the US Open does that, right? Gets to that threshold. Uh, yeah, the U.S. Open, I believe, is actually a little bit more. Isn't that sixty thousand first place? Yeah, I think so. Last year it was, I think. Yeah. 60, yeah. So, um, but that also has a seven hundred and fifty dollar entry fee too. So, yeah, I'm sure yes. the entry fee isn't that much. So here's, no, the, here's the money for. Of course, it'll like three hundred. Yeah. Yeah. So thirty thousand for the winner, fifteen runner up. Let me follow last night. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. So, like, this is where um, if you're an American traveling, you got to make the last 16 to make it really, like, really count for you, you know. And that's what I think Shane did at the UK Open. He got four grand. So, a similar pay structure there. So, yeah. Cool. Basically covers your trip. Exactly. But you're... Maybe you make 500 bucks. Yeah, but you're worried less about that. You're worried about the, the Moscone ranking points. That's what everybody wants. Well, Shane isn't. <laughs> Well, no, Shane and Skyler are not. Somebody came up with an interesting comment. They were like, you know, they should just have Shane and Sky be automatic picks. And instead of the Americans fighting for one place, they should fight for three on rankings. But I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. It's an interesting concept, like, because they're such a given, right? But you're basically saying that they're wild cards. They would be your auto-selected wild card, yeah. And then um, then you have three guys fighting for, for ranking points. Who do you think is more guaranteed to make the Moscone Cup here? Uh, every year, do you think it's Shane and Sky, or do you think it's Josh and Jason? Could oh, you imagine any situation? It's definitely Shane and Sky. Could yeah. you imagine any situation where Jason and uh, Filler aren't on the team? Uh, I mean, Jason normally gets picked as a wild card, but yes, I can imagine like six, seven different scenarios where either of those two guys, maybe not both of them, but either one of those two guys is not on the team. They make themselves relevant because they're going to all the events, and so they kind of protect their their placement that way. But Europe has so many champions, you know, like well, I, so many champions that you could just you know have four or five teams that don't include those guys. You you can't. I guess my argument would be you can't you can't not pick Josh because of how talented he is, right? I mean, especially under those lights, you know that he's going to be there, and you know he's going to play his best game. He's not, and he's you, not on the team in spots, and Europe performed just fine. So it's been a while, yeah. But I'm I'm just saying, like you know, yeah. like you have you have guys like Federer, you have FSR, you have Kachi, Albin. You know, you have like you have like ten. It's gonna guys. be yeah. It's gonna be very interesting to see with the team with Kachi. I, I don't want to say that Kachi's guaranteed himself in, but he's he's he, he hasn't his, he he hasn't played his best in the Moscone. With yeah. his yeah, well, and and he's not liked, as as far as like 
a normal teammate. He's right. he doesn't fit in with the he doesn't fit in with the crowd, right? He's not, and he doesn't try to, right? Right. Um, he's, he's his own personality, so there is that, you know. Yeah. There is. I that. mean, there it's not it's not like a super it's not like a big secret that the players, generally speaking, do not find him as a good teammate. Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, if I was, if I, I wouldn't be mad if he was my teammate. And if there's any like social discourse that needs to be ironed out, that's on the teammates. That's the captains, that, right? That's on the well, captains. Probably on the captain, other, right? That's on the other players to get that stuff ironed out. You know. Well, and I mean? that's and and with that being said, uh, I mean, he's that's not where like, Jason. That's where Jason comes in, right? Because that's that's yeah, Jason's role in the team. guy. Yeah, he's a big, yeah. big jail guy, and he's also big time when it comes to the Moscone uh, stuff. Yep. You know? But like. You know, any kind of stuff like that, that's on the team to to get squashed, you know, and get and get touched up and, and ready for game time. You know, and if you can't do that, then you shouldn't be on that team. You know what I mean? It's not like he's like there's been American players in the past who have just been for sure toxic. Like, you know, we do not hardcore don't want you on the team. Like, I don't think anything yeah. like that resembles with any of the top European players. And definitely not. Yeah. I'm sure if they're, they see Kachi's on the list because he's crushed it this year, they're like, cool, we've got a juggernaut. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sure. So put him in single spots as much as you can. Right. Cause that's where he's comfortable. And maybe find one guy that he's super gels with. And that's your Probably double, Jason, you know? Yeah. Jason, right? and then, and then you have a guy like Jason who's super malleable, flexible, can, can gel with everybody and kind of work it out. And, and, you know, they're good to go. But again, the Moscone Cup is so there's so much in the vacuum. You know what I mean? There's so many factors that go into just performing well in a race to five alternate break. You know, it's rough, man. I, I went for the first time last year just to be in the room just to see because I always watch online. You know what I mean? And it was intense. It's, it's different, right? It's different. It's, yeah. And that was the biggest it ever been in the US, too. So it was kind of like wild. You know, it's definitely wild. So it's cool to see how some people handle it you know what i mean and and all that kind of stuff and then i kind of draw parallels to other sports like uh basketball and different champions how they handle themselves and different things it's kind of cool um so yeah it's, it's just you know it's a good time well to answer uh joe bull's uh question what if conrad Eklinton, fsr are automatic i i, I still think that the, the two pick for me personally two picks are automatic i mean even if josh and uh, jason don't qualify that they're just as automatic as uh, the other three players in that case. I think I think you can't make a team without Josh's talent, and you can't make a, a team without Jason's leadership. Yeah, there, there's something to be said about having a veteran there, you know what I mean, who can really kind of like – like even Jason last year, he didn't play his best uh, Moscone Cup. He kind of had spots where he looked uh, dubious, like, you know, unsettled a bit. But – he, you know, when it mattered, you know, late in the late in the event, he really kind of came came with it, and he never lost his composure and showed up big for his team. That's what you want, you know. That's what you want, and and somebody who's going to keep shooting, you know, especially if they have big firepower, um, like he does. Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, I think that I think that Sky and Shane are literally the defaults, and then you add three yeah. players from there. But I think that uh, Josh and Jason are becoming that very quickly with Europe. I, I agree with you that uh, Shane, you can't, I don't even, I mean, Shane might lose a leg and I think they still might pick him. Well, with, with Europe, you have the luxury of choice, right? If for whatever reason, Josh was sick or couldn't play or whatever, like next man up, you know, you have another guy yeah. back there. With America, you don't have as much of that luxury, but there's a lot of guys that are coming up now that are getting the seasoning needed to be, in that conversation, 
You know what I mean? And I think it's just going to make it um, pretty quickly too. Yeah. It's going to, it's going to, it's going to uptick fast in the next couple of years. You know what I mean? I think we're, yeah, I would say, I I think we're two years away from not being where Europe is right now, where you could literally choose probably 20, probably maybe not 20 teams, but you should, you could easily choose 10 teams that would compete with the U S you might be able to pick five just from Poland, but um, yeah, I I think that there were probably two years away in the U S from being able to field a really, really good team and probably three or four, pretty good teams and there's a lot of really young players that are coming up that are improving quickly i think we have a winning team available to us now i think there's less of an opportunity for politics to get involved and for certain picks to kind of be we we don't have the luxury of throwaway picks europe has the luxury for throwaway picks so we have to pick like the right team to go and get who is the right team for you it just depends. It depends on there's still a whole like second half of the year. You're to, our captain right now. I just designated you captain. Pick your well, five. If I had to pick today, if I had to pick a team today, I would probably pick uh, Shane, Skyler, and Shane as your top three. And then I would pick uh, two guys after that. I'd probably pick somebody like um, – somebody like a Tyler. Tyler would probably be uh, the pick uh, for my number four because he has a lot of experience there and he showed up strong um, last year. And uh, right now my number five is BJ Usury today. BJ Usury. Yeah, definitely today. Um, He's like the toughest mentally and the most disciplined when it comes to like when he goes to lock in on something and he's the least probably – afraid of anyone so does it bother does it bother you at all that he plays a probably 60 to 70 percent of his uh, events on bar tables i mean i've seen him play uh and beat world-class players from behind on bar tables and on nine footers what i care for is the mentality that you have whether you're winning or losing and how you close matches and um i saw him beat better in person not a, a lot of Americans can say that, you know, the last couple of years. I've seen him drill a lot of the uh, top European guys and make a super deep run here in Orlando at Rax, go deep in a big table 10 ball and a bar table nine ball event same weekend. And, you know, like in that tournament in Virginia, he was down 7-1 like three times in a row and came back and won against talented people that were shooting at him. So, you know, I, I like toughness. I like somebody who's going to, who knows his own game and is secure in his game and is not going to try and like, you know, uh, try and like, you know, appease anybody really. He's just out there to kind of do the job. And, uh, he's a veteran. He's been here, you know, two or three decades winning big regional events. Not a lot of the other Americans have won regional events like that against the kind of players that he has won, um, against. So those are my guys. Shane Wolford is playing super great. You know, Shane had him uh, stuck in Virginia, and BJ came back and beat him, you know, in a longer race, race to 11. Um, not a lot of people have done that to Shane this year, you know, so he's playing really great. Um, so that would be my pick today, you know, if I were to pick a pick today. Yeah. All right. Uh, and Chris kind of uh, alluded to I'm going to name – so I want yes or no questions out of – or I want yes or no answers out of you for everything. I'm going to name a bunch of American players who are on the verge or, you know, ish kind of close – 
to potentially making the Moscone Cup? And I want you to answer yes or no on whether they will ever make a Moscone Cup team, either forward or again. You ready? Um, I, 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 I like, I hate this discussion because I'm not really like um, somebody to limit somebody because I'm, I'm, I'm a person that speculation people, that people limit. Well, people speculate all the time, and it's, it's interesting, but you know. Like nobody knows the work people are, are putting in behind the, the scenes to improve and get ready for an opportunity. So, you know, it's it's kind of like I'll I'll just, you know, based on potential, I think there's a lot of opportunity for the American guys to grow and, and win. There's a lot of guys people don't even talk about now that if they got their cues together and got ready, they're totally viable options. It's just a matter of whether they want it or not, you know. Well, there are there are several players, especially in the New York range or area, that uh, have a ton of potential that just never stick it stick with it long enough to. to yeah, get you have to be able to fade. Uh, the thing that people don't understand, it's like you can have the talent, you can have the ability, and you just need to have the right timing line up personally. You got to clean up your personal life, whatever challenges you may be going through that distract you or that take you away from your time at the table. You got to have those things aligned and then your intention has to align and you got to go and get it. You know what I mean? And there's guys that are, that are doing that for themselves and they're putting themselves in contention like a Lucas, you know, like BJ, um, you know, I could, I could see Lucas being there in about uh, two Chris, years. Chris Reinhold was outside of the picture. Nobody would have ever picked him before he got picked and then he got picked. And he, I would probably say that his selection was significant for a lot of these other guys because it showed that there's an avenue there for people to, to, play above you know punch above their well that started with tyler before for chris right i mean tyler was like the first one or you kind of were taken back like what yeah tyler tyler and chris those two guys you know kind of opened things up a little bit you know so you got to give them credit for dealing with all that kind of like people can just disregarding them altogether and they just kind of went 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 about their business and then got a shot you know the captain at the time looked in and was like, Oh, I want to give this kid a shot, you know, and he gave him an opportunity and yeah. he, he did his thing. You know, he had that great, that great big win against Niels, you know, first day down O2. two huge for a rookie to go up there and play against one of the most decorated Moscone cup guys ever in Europe's history and go snatch a, a, a race to five from, from that. Like that takes a lot of balls, you know? And um, I think it's the most decorated. I don't think that the, I don't, I, I don't think maybe so. you can Ralph, maybe Ralph, but I don't even I don't think no, Ralph no. has many, as many uh, as, as Niels has Niels has four individual uh Niels has four MVPs. There's there's nobody else that has over two now. Yeah, Darren had uh at least two. I thought Niels had like six MVPs, something stupid. That's like he may have. I, I think it I think it was four. And then Sky nobody nobody had multiple before Sky did it in back to back years. And now uh Jason has multiple, but yeah. I think I think uh, Niels is the only one that had multiple, and it, yeah. it wasn't something that they've done the entire time from the beginning. But yeah, yeah. no, but there, there's a lot of guys that are working in that you know people disregard all the time, and I wouldn't be surprised if they just got up and and earned a spot, you know, eventually somehow the opportunities, those things, those X factor variables line up at the right time, you know, like Jeremy Sosi, somebody we talked about forever, super solid competitor like technique wise has huge wins has won a turning stone he was sticking jason he was, you know well jeremy Solsi was literally sticking to the calendar away from making the team two years ago yeah exactly I mean, and that's, and I that's mean, 
and that's a big thing, right? Like but he didn't poor, go to events. At poor the Mario he, like poor Mario he, like qualifies for the team and then has like that stupid medication situation happen, and then now is he going to make a team? Yeah. yeah. Well, I, that's yeah. Right. I mean, I could go the same way. I could go the same way on the European side and start naming off names, but. Um, on the American side, I mean, you're, you're lucky because you're lucky in a sense because nearly every single year you're going to have a rookie because, I mean, who else? I mean, who else? I mean, the, the names that have been there for years and years and years and years that have really dominated the team over the last 15 years, like Shane and Sky, they're obviously still there. But uh, players like Justin Bergman, Billy Thorpe, um, Corey Duell, Rodney Morris, Earl Strickland. I mean, all these players that have been on every single team nearly every single year. Yeah. Or, you know, a rotation of like six or seven people. I I don't think Earl's ever going to make the team again. Uh, I don't think he deserves to make the team. I didn't think he deserved to make the team last year, but I, I don't think that he'll ever make the team again. Uh, obviously, obviously, uh, Johnny's not going to. Um, Rodney, I mean, he's kind of give it a hit back to playing again but i don't i don't think that he makes the team again i don't think Corey duel makes a team again and yeah, yeah. at the end of the at the end of the day i think you're down to uh there's 20 players right now that can make the team realistically in the u.s i would say and yeah. about 16 of them uh no that's not true uh maybe 12 of them have never been on the team before yeah i'd say probably somebody like i don't know you can look at somebody like bj like lucas like I don't people get annoyed with Jeremy with, with, uh, yes. So he's there. Hennessy's Hennessy. another guy who just plays all around tremendous pool. Like you can't, you can't discount him cause he plays so good. Um, guys, are, you know, like Josh Roberts is on the outside and Danny you, Smith. Yeah. Danny's on the outside for sure. Um, Danny Olson. Uh, if he's playing. Danny Smith. Oh no, no, yeah, Dan, 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 Danny Olson was who I was thinking about. You know? Danny Olson and Danny Smith. I, I think yeah. that Danny Smith is, you know, the shredder. Pretty, Don, he's pretty Donnie, good. The Donnie, I think, is somebody who's a lot closer to to making the team than they are. Donnie, yeah. Um, uh, and he's been going to events, and he's in that like, like him and I both are in this like tenth through eighteenth rank, where it's like if you win a big event, because Donnie keeps cashing pretty steadily in this like six six through eighth kind of like range same, same with jesse angle jesse angle's been getting yeah, a, back playing again he's another yep. guy that you know if he if he just can, keeps going you're you're gonna get more opportunities to see him go deep in an event and he will eventually you know so you shane know, wolford obviously he's never made this team i mean we're talking about him in a different light now but yeah he's he's number three on points now isn't he three behind believe, uh, yeah. three or two so yeah, like he's there. You know what I mean? He's, I think, kind of like secured his his contention. And I think he's going to keep treating it like he's not on the team until he makes the team. Smart, you know, just kind of keep attacking and going to all the all events right. he can go to. Is, did, did he go to Spain or no? Uh, that I don't know. Um, yeah, he's he's number three on the list behind. But this is the world ranking. I, this right. is the world ranking. You can just so, look at those top three Americans and see whoever they are in order. I'm sure yeah, it's it's good. it's Shane Sky and Shane Sky and Shane. But for the year one this year, it's Skyler number one, um, in points. Shane's are still that year. That's a two year rolling list. So Shane yeah. still has points from last year from the big events. But for this year, not Sky, it's not that many. Right. Because he didn't Shane qualify last year. Say again. Obviously. He didn't qualify. I think I think third place last year was like only like 
maybe seven thousand dollars that qualified, yeah. and he's sitting at twenty three thousand right now. So he definitely had less than seven thousand to start out. So he's got minimum of sixteen thousand on sixteen and a half grand on the list from this year. Yeah. So anyhow, you know, there, there's a lot of guys that are on the outside. And there's other guys, too, that are great. Like Alex Olinger is a great player. Uh, Out. Doesn't ever go play the matchroom ranking events. Not much. Tremendous player. Um, Anthony McLeano, another guy in Florida who uh, doesn't go, you know, I don't know. I don't Evan know. Lunda just won, the, just won the Buffalo's one pocket. He's, yeah. he's yeah. a great player. Evan is a good player. I think, I think he – He's one of those guys that would probably do well if he spent more time approaching the nine ball stuff. But he's he's so in the one pocket yeah. world, you know, financially, like he makes money doing it. You know what I mean? So he's yeah. interested in in like that's the priority for him. So he's not going to waste his time, you know. Not, I would like to see uh, somebody like T.J. Steinhaus or. Um, uh, and then we have a whole slew of juniors coming up that are working yeah. hard. You know what I mean? Uh, Tommy Haas. Landon Shuffett. That's it. I'd like to see Landon Shuffett. Well, Landon, effort, but he doesn't. He doesn't play hardly any, at, at all anymore. But he was. Oh my goodness! You want to talk about talents? He was. To your point, Landon's one of those guys that has professional caliber technique and has played and won against champions. Like he's been brought up in pool. His life is kind of focused on his ministry and on his business and doing that kind of stuff, and that's amazing. Like he knows where his gifting and his calling is. If he ever wanted to pick up his cue and compete, like he could, it wouldn't take him long to be as good as any of the Americans playing right now. Um, and he's a, an incredibly sweet kid as well. And he's one of those guys that, you know, I talked to Mark in the past, Wilson, when he was captaining the team. And he would talk about, like, you know, sometimes you have talented players who are entitled, and sometimes you have disciplined players who just get to work. You know, and it, it's almost like you'd rather have for an event for an event like a Moscone or a team anything. I I personally want the guys that are willing to do the work and work for each other than the guys that think that they are supposed to be there because they're just they're so talented. Yep. You know, can't win with five individuals. You really have to have a team, and um, and team sports is is really important. You know, and uh, that chemistry is really important. So having guys that are willing to buy in and do the work and train and be a unit together <clears throat> like mark used to have these uh these little events happen in like st louis right these little baseball arena things these kind of like show presentations where they'd have teams play against each other you have really talented like top name guys play against some of the lindenwood kids that are used to working together and and training together and all this other stuff and lindenwood kids would win you know and you're talking about against like regional pros you know, in the same format, Moscone Cup style stuff. And it's like, they don't care. Like, Take it play. are you going to outlag us? You're not going to outlag us for sure. But we're going to win the lag every time. And we're going to have the first break and race to five. You know, like, you yeah. know, a lot of pros will poo-poo the lag. These kids train it and they have a system. They work on it. You know what I mean? I remember I went to, um, I went to uh, Lindenwood to train with Mark uh, for four or five days once. And I uh, put it off forever. And it ended up going and it was a great kind of few days and Chris was there practicing for a big event and we did all these skills kind of tests against one another is like max spin and strokes velocity and slow speed and all this kind of stuff like one-to-one -one testing against one another and uh and the, the only thing he beat me on was lag 
because I never practiced the lag. And he got me on the lag, and I was like, motherfucker. And I was a 3 2 <laughs> lag situation. I thought I had him, and you know, I went up two to one, and then he came back and beat me a lag. I'm like, man, it's so big, you know, because in these races to five, like, man, you, if you don't pin the ball, you're giving the other guy an opportunity to, oh, and then you hear the crowd, oh, you know, and all this other yeah. stuff. Now, you know, now you're behind the, you know, the, behind it. You know, you're reacting, you're hoping they break and scratch or something, you know? So it's like they really kind of create an environment. And I will say one of the most edifying environments pool-wise to be around was at Lindenwood when I went for those few days because everybody there was non-judgmental. They were Regardless of skill level, they were 100% bought in on improving, and they were 100% supportive of everybody around them. And yeah. that, when you get around healthy people whose mindset is geared towards, I'm in this stage of my journey, and you could be a 700 Fargo, 750 Fargo, a 580 Fargo, whatever, this is where I'm at in my journey. We're all walking forward. I'll help you. You help me. Like, how, how do we get to that place, you know? And then I think if we had more of that, culturally around the country you would see a lot more guys like a tommy haas or like a you know a lot more of these outlier wins like um one of the one of the lindenwood kids played a tremendous set at derby and beat billy thorpe and in, in in the nine ball uh like round six five or six he was playing the match over from me and i watched him play a stout match played just super super good and beat billy billy was like man you play great shook his hand like that's the best I've ever seen you play. You're really improving and like very humble. You know what I mean? And then just the kid was like, thank you very much. And I was like, I sent Mark a message like, man, this kid really showed up and, and is doing great. You know? So there's a lot of kids that are out there that people don't, you know, give credit because yeah. they don't really know them, but you know, they're working. So I think, I think it's more about that. It's especially in the team environment, you need to have people that are committed to improvement and they're super positive. I think, you know, the negatives I've seen about some of the guys, like, that are on the team that whenever I see negative body language, to me, that's just unexcusable for me and, and, and a team environment. And you got to, you got to address that like beforehand, you know, you can't have negativity when it comes to something where it's like the pressure is so big and it's so important. Like you gotta be like, even if you play bad, like even if you lose a close match, you gotta be committed. You gotta be there for your guys and ready to kind of like support them through the next round. Cause that's what that energy builds and it, it can spread. And if you spread negativity and you start pointing fingers and all of a sudden like somebody goes away somewhere else, like it just, the team falls apart. You don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. So I think Jason's uh, to your point is a great team guy. Jay, he's like a big gel guy, brings everybody together and holds everybody accountable. Probably um, keeps everybody fired up. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what does added mean in prize money? Uh, Basically, that's just so if, if there's entry fees that are added up. So if there's 100 players in the tournament and each one pays $1 to get in, uh, there's $100 in prize money. Uh, added money is money that the organizers add to the event uh, that goes into the prize fund right out the, go right out the door, right? You know, before a ball is hit. So a lot of the events now are 10000 added or, or even more. So then there would be $10,100 in the prize funds. So yeah. that's, that's what added money is. And sometimes you'll see nomenclature, people will read a post or read, oh, it's a $100,000 guaranteed. So that means that that fund is guaranteed. Usually that's based on a full field. If they don't have a full field, then the promoter comes out of pocket for the difference to make up that money to make sure that the guaranteed price fund is secured and, and, and available for the players. Yeah. Uh, so those are the two ways to kind of look at it. 
Yep. Or they'll, you know, hopefully they'll prorate it. Uh, we have we have a couple of promoters. No prorating. Prorating is bullshit. Sorry. Well, I'm not. I'm not against that. But no, it's it's trash. Don't do that. If you're having a pro event, you don't prorate. You pay out what you say you're going to pay out because people wow. travel there on that money. Last year, it cost Greg Hogue a spot on the Moscone Cup. It's true. Uh, that is true. Uh, so we have a promoter in the in in Wisconsin that runs events, and he'll have like a thousand dollars added for sixty four players, uh, and then he'll have like five hundred added for thirty two players. And if we end up with sixty three players, he adds five hundred. Yeah, that's totally that's totally whatever. Like, if you having but a problem, that, that's going to say uh, it's that's up drives me nuts. Yeah, it's like just add the money, be done with it. Yeah. Well, anyways, uh, I think we should probably wrap it up. This has been a pretty long podcast, but it's been a fun conversation. I appreciate you join, jumping in, Ray. Thanks for having me on and then off and then on again. Yeah, of course, always. <laughs> and thanks, thank you to Chris as well for uh, joining in earlier. Uh, I got to give a shout out to our sponsors, uh, Jacoby Custom Cues, which I will do this now. Everybody check out their sweet work they do. Here is a Jacoby Custom Cues ad. Jacoby Custom Cues, best in the business. Love their support for the industry. And then I want to give a shout out quick to all of the patrons that help uh, us keep this podcast going. Uh, so thank you to Double Dave Cues, uh, Dave Wiersma, Mo Bashir, Cody Wedig, Ed Ladawi, owner of Sandcastle Billiards, uh, Matt Poland, and Morgan Lupton. We appreciate you guys for all that you do to help us uh, keep going with this podcast. And with that, we will tune out for this week. So thank you, everybody, for tuning in.